Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Ooh, good morning. Y'all got to do a lot better than that. Good morning. Hey, so I know, did anybody else like just hate the whole daylight savings thing where you lost an hour of sleep this week? Well, I'm going to take care of that where y'all have an energetic message. So just hold on a second. Woo. Y'all give me about 10 minutes. We're going to crank up. Hey, uh, is anybody else feeling a little tired? I, I brought two more. Does anybody else want one? Anybody? All right, got one there. Anybody, anybody on that side? That side? There we go. All right. So, now if you'll give them about 10 minutes, they're going to crank up along with me. Hey, so we're starting our new series this week, right? A uh, series is called Share, and uh, we're going to be talking all about that today. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, uh, well, I should say this in case you're here with us uh, as, as a guest today. Uh, my name's Chris. I'm our Connections Pastor, and uh, so I kind of get to oversee Connect Groups and, and all the volunteers that are so awesome and uh, serve you as you come in on Sunday morning. And uh, so, but today, Pastor Jeff gave me the honor of coming out here and, and talking to you guys. And, and I, I said this uh, to someone last service, and, uh, you know, I don't get let out of the cage very much. So now that I'm out here in front of you with a microphone, um, I'm going to make the most of it. So we're going to have a lot of fun today, if y'all will bear with me. Um, it's going to be very energetic, at least now. And um, so I got to tell you, today's title is Friend Request. Now, if you're here and you're thinking, you know, Chris, uh, you know, I don't really, let me use my, <clears throat> let me use my, uh, my grandma voice. Uh, I don't use the Facebooks, this don't pertain to me, and I don't care nothing about it. Okay. I don't use the Twitters or the Internets. Well, it's called Facebook, the Internet, and Twitter, but we're not talking about that kind of friend request. Okay, we're not talking about that kind of friend request today. We're talking about the original kind of friend request. And did you know that's how the original church got started? It really is. Uh, you can read back. Uh, so, so basically, uh, to sum it up, uh, if you read in the book of Genesis, sin comes into the world. We're unable to make ourselves right with God, so he sends his son. His son, Jesus, uh, does his ministry uh, for a few years in his uh, early 30s. And uh, so he does his ministry, and he starts off with what we call a connect group. He's got a small group of people. We go from town to town to town. And uh, whew, that energy is kicking in. He goes from town to town to town, and in doing so, he does all these amazing wonders and amazing works and miracles, and more people start to follow him. And uh, ultimately, he's proclaimed the Messiah. And just like in today's world, um, as we've seen like in past wars and conflicts, um, if you kill the leader, you kill the movement. Or so they thought, right? So they took Jesus out, he was crucified, and a few days later, after all of his disciples and his connect group and all those people, they went into hiding because they thought they were next. So after they go into hiding, Jesus comes walking 
through the wall. And the first thing, the first word out of his mouth to each and every one of them is peace. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm standing in a room, fearing for my life, and somebody that I know for a fact is dead, comes walking through a wall, y'all, peace is the farthest thing from what I'm saying. Okay? As a matter of fact, I might need to change my pants. Okay? Because I'm scared. I am terrified if I see something like that happen. And, uh, but he walks through and he says, peace. And he gets him so energized, he predicts the falling of the Holy Spirit upon man and upon his church. And in doing so, um, he gives him power and he sets Peter as the head of the church. And so he tells Peter, you know, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And he does that. So then Jesus goes back to heaven. He leaves the church with the Great Commission, which is to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. That's what it is boiled down. It's a friend request. Somebody told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody. That's how the church began. And so Peter started preaching, and big things started happening, and that's what we're going to pick up today. But before we get into any of that, I want to ask you guys one big question. What if what happened in the Bible happened here at SCC? That's the first fill-in on your outline. What if what happened in the Bible happened here at SCC? What I mean by that is what if all these incredible miracles that we read about started happening in here? What if what happens in here starts happening in here? See, because it's easy to read this stuff and think, well, that's a different time and a different place, and it's all these different, you know, there's all these different variables, but I believe that the same God of the Bible is with us today, don't you? And today we're going to talk about some things from the life of, uh, of, a, of a biblical person uh, and what we can learn from that to bring what happens in here to here. So if you'll follow me, Today, we'll learn all about that. You know, before I move forward, at this point in the church's history, there was about 120 people in the church. Now, 120 people is a safe number. Would you agree with that? It's a safe number. Everybody knows your name. Everybody knows your grandbabies. Everybody knows everything about everybody. Well, here's the thing. Church was never intended to be a place where everybody knows your name. That is a sitcom about a bar in Boston. That is not what the church is supposed to be. That is not what the church was designed for. The, the church was designed to see lives changed and bring people closer to Jesus. Amen? That's what the church was designed for. The church was never meant to be a place where somebody says, well, I don't want that person sitting in my seat. Well, you don't have a seat. Everything in this building belongs to Christ, and Christ wants people to come in. So we can't throw out the, well, my grandmama bought that pew I'm going to sit here every week for the next 15 years, and you got to go sit over there. Some of y'all been there, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Nervous laughter. That's an awesome way to start off a message. It's awesome. Okay, so when God did something awesome in the original church, people had to go and tell somebody because when something changes your life, when you see something change somebody else's life, you got to tell somebody. I remember the first time I had a Baconator at Wendy's, I had to go tell somebody, okay? I remember the first time I had my favorite candy. I didn't tell anybody because that was my favorite candy, and I wasn't sharing. But I remember when something amazing happens, you've got to go tell somebody. Do you all agree with that? So I said that Peter was preaching. Well, here we pick up in Acts 2, verse 41. Those who believe, that, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Now, y'all just imagine, just look around for a second, just imagine, what if between now and next Sunday, 
we had 3,000 additional people. That is a scary thought. Because we can make the jokes about everybody knowing your name and all that, but what if the reality was to occur? What if what happened in here happened in here? Somebody might not know who you are. You might stub your toe and nobody call you about it. Some of y'all been there too. Um, something might happen in your life that you tell a couple people about, but, but everybody else doesn't know. The pastor never found out. Well, the pastor, here's the fact, okay, and this is the truth. The pastor doesn't have to know everything that happens in your life because we believe in doing life as a community, which means the minute something happens in your life, the people closest to you who are also a part of this body of believers will know about it. They'll be there for you when you're sick. They'll be there for you when your kids get married. They'll be there for you when your kids are born. They'll be there for you when you lose a loved one. That's what the New Testament church was all about. Let me ask a quick poll here. Okay, so I talk about somebody telling somebody, tell somebody. A quick poll. If you can think back to your first time at SCC, your first time, and maybe that's this morning, which is awesome. Love you, glad you're here. Um, but if you can think back to your very first time you came to Stockbridge Community Church, how many people, you can just raise your hand real fast, how many people came because they were invited by someone else? It can even be a parent, family member. Whoo, look around. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Look around. It still works. It still works. And everybody that just raised their hand are glad it does, including me. It still works. Acts 2, verse 46 and 47, kind of continuing that narrative. They worship together, they being the church, they worship together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with joy and generosity, all while praising God. And you know what? Go back for a second. Circle those words, joy and generosity. Church is not meant to be a chore. Circle those words, joy and generosity. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Despite everything that they had heard, uh, of everything that was going on, of Roman oppression, um, the Jewish people not wanting to convert, not wanting to embrace Jesus, it wasn't a safe place. It wasn't a safe place. And when they blew up to 3,000, it certainly wasn't a safe church anymore. See, Christianity was never meant to be safe. As a matter of fact, depending on where you are in the world, today, Christianity can get you killed. We were not called to be safe. God is not a safe God. We were called to do something. We were called to go tell somebody. We were called to make that initial friend request. We were not called to be a safe church. There are churches all across the world that play it safe. Never mind. I'm just going to leave that one. So, I want to give you guys a little backstory. Today we're talking about a guy named Philip. He was a deacon. A deacon in the early church. Philip was a deacon in the early church. And uh, so as a deacon, he was a volunteer. He kind of helped uh, cast votes or, or, you know, and all these things. Uh, he held influence. Uh, he, he had a heart of a servant. He had this awesome ministry in Samaria. was doing pretty good, but then God put something on his heart. God called him to do something, and he did it. And so we're going to study four things from his life. So I want to give you four questions we have to ask ourselves if we ever want what happened in here to happen in here. The first one we have to ask ourselves Am I listening? Am I listening? You know, sometimes I struggle with uh, what, what I call selective hearing. Okay, women, how many of you have, don't answer that. So I struggle with this thing called selective hearing. 
Okay? Now, my wife got a real chuckle out of this because she was in the last service. But I struggle with this thing called selective hearing. And, and, and uh, our incredible worship arts producer, Pam Salter, um, she can verify this. And, and it drives her nuts about me is because I will listen or, or I'll listen to a full, conver- you know, I'll, I'll participate in a full dialogue and conversation. But sometimes I only hear the things that are important to me. And the rest of it, just my brain goes, I go into my nothing box. I go somewhere else. And uh, so I, I'm following, and yes, I'm smiling. And then later on, she can ask me a question. I'm like, I, did we talk about that? She's like, we just talked about that for 30 minutes, Chris. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I tuned out after five seconds. So I do that sometimes, and maybe that's a little ADD. It might have something to do with drinking something like this once in a while. But um, my point is, uh, I, I do this sometimes with my wife, too. And again, she thought this was funny last week. Well, maybe she didn't think this part was funny. So every Friday, when I pick my son up, uh, from daycare. His name's Christian. He's the cutest kid you'll ever see. Um, uh, when I pick him up from daycare on Friday, I have one job. You ever been there in the workplace, like where you look at somebody who forgot to do the simplest thing, and you're like, you had one job. I have one job when I pick him up, other than transporting him home safely. And that is to bring home his Spider-Man blanket that he sleeps uh, on his mat with at nap time in daycare. Guess what I forget every Friday, including this past Friday? And men, you know, like after, you've, after it's been said to you a couple of times, you just get the look. You all know what the look looks like. You just get the... Well, Jessica gives me the look, okay? And I know right then, I'm, I forgot it. I forgot the blanket. I forgot the blanket. I'm doing my best, so you all pray for me. I'm working on that. But I, bring, I, I try to bring the blanket. Well, I didn't bring the blanket, and I get these looks because sometimes I only hear what's important to me. So, like, if Jessica says, hey, don't forget the blanket. By the way, meet me at 530. We're eating Mexican for dinner. I know where I'm going for dinner that night. But the Spider-Man blanket never leaves. And my poor kid on Monday is the only one without a clean blanket to sleep on. So, yeah, I know. My kid's the stinky one. Sorry. So, um, so the question we have to ask is, am I listening? Now, what I'm learning as a pastor is that sometimes, uh, well, all the time, it's really hard to love somebody without listening. Like, we can pray to God, but if we don't open our hearts and listen to his response, it's a one-way conversation. Amen? We, have, we can't have selective hearing. When the voice of God speaks to us as his children, we are supposed to be listening so that we can hear what he wants us to, uh, our next steps in our life and our faith so that we can hear those things. Well, Philip... Listen to the heart of God. And that's where we pick up in uh, verse 26, Acts chapter 8. Uh, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the road, or down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Um, you know, angels, most of the time when people see angels in the Bible, does anybody know what the angel always has to say to calm the people down first? Do not be afraid. You know why? See, because Hallmark tells us, and some of y'all got them, they're called precious moments. I got news for you. I ain't scared of your precious moment angel. But Hallmark has these cute little fat cherub angels with these nice little harps and these cute little wings. And look, if you got them, I'm not making fun of you. But the fact is, Hallmark has told us what to believe about angels, and we let Hollywood tell us what to believe about demons. That demons are these big, terrifying monsters that we should all run screaming from. And the truth is, an angel, an angel will mess you up. Angels don't play. They had to tell people all the time in the Bible, and I, I can just imagine. Well, can't you just imagine like the angel that went to talk to Mary to begin with? Right? Angels are scary. You think Jesus walking through a wall, they, at least they knew his face. Angels are terrifying. So anyway, when an angel tells you to do something, you do it. 
So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandike, the queen of Ethiopia, which is also Candace, which is a title for the queen of Opia. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't know what a eunuch is, after service and we dismiss, you can feel free to ask any church staff member other than myself, and they will gladly tell you and explain to you what a eunuch is. But for the, for the, purpose of, you know, for the sake of purpose of time this morning, I just want to tell you that a eunuch is somebody who is so dedicated to his cause that he voluntarily goes from singing bass in the Sunday morning choir to singing soprano. And some of y'all might get that on the way home. I don't know. Um, kind of hope not, to be honest with you. Um, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit, now again, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, so he's listening. He's listening to the heart of God. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? See, Philip listened to the heart of God. This is the next thing I want you to write down. When I listen, God will show me a place. Now, for Philip, that place was the desert. And a lot of us, sometimes we're scared to really listen to God. Um, because if we do, we're, if we truly listen to the heart of God speaking to us, we're afraid we're going to get sent to Africa and have the whole mud huts and malaria missionary experience. But the truth is, if we really listen to the heart of God, he'll show us, he'll show us what our purpose is, what our calling is. And you don't have to be in full-time ministry. You don't have to be in vocational. You don't have to work at a church to have a calling. As a matter of fact, an example of that. We had a chorus concert here a couple weeks ago. And Mr. Miller, some of y'all have heard about him, his story. He had a heart attack. God restored him. He was able to go back to work. And he's performing better than ever. His kids are singing better than ever. And so he gets back. He told me, he said, you know, I always felt like I had a calling. But God would show me once I finished college and started my job as a chorus teacher that my mission field was the schools. Now, maybe you're here this morning and your mission field is your job. You might say, well, Chris, I'm the, you just don't understand. I'm the only Christian at my work, and maybe that was done by design. Because maybe God has a calling for you to bring other people to him. See, ultimately, what we want to do as Christians is go out there and, and tell people about Jesus. Then we bring them in here so God can change them in here. And ultimately, we go up there, Right? That's our ultimate mission. The next thing, when I listen, God will show me a person. God will show me a person. Now, somebody in here right now is probably, God is probably showing you a person. Well, I want to challenge you. You have a white card on the front of your program if you haven't already peeled that off. This white card right here, it says share. I want to challenge you. You can see up here on the steps. This is done from last service. I want to challenge you to, at some point during today's message, to pull out that one white card and write a name on it. It could be Bob, Bill, Susanna. Write a last name on it. It could be Jackson, Jones, Smith. Whatever it is, that's the person that you are making a pledge to invite to Easter. And we've made it easy because also, inside your program, we have invite cards. See how I just flip it around? It's smooth, ain't it? So uh, we have invite cards. There's three of them. We made it easy. You can just hand them to people. Invite people. Because we want to see God change people's lives, don't we? Don't we? I, I ran out, guys. For real, y'all got to stay with me today. So, I'm feeling it. I know those two are. So, um, now I want to say something real quick. I want to say something real quick that might offend some people. And I'm not going to apologize for that. 
because I'm learning in, in ministry, in the five, six months I've been a pastor now, I'm learning that my job is to uh, comfort the afflicted. But sometimes my job is to afflict the comforted. See, when we get so comfortable and complacent, we forget that there are people outside these walls. And I'm just as guilty, so I'm talking to me too today. Realized the other week that everybody I'm friends with goes to church. That's a problem. I have to go find people who don't. That's a problem. What's offensive is that a young lady came to me in our student ministry one time and she asked me, she said, hey, I want you to pray for my friend to go to, to come to church and be saved. And for the first couple times she asked me that, I did. The third time she come to me and I said, have you even talked to the girl about coming to church yet? And she said, no, no, no. And I said, well, look, don't tell her that not coming to church is going to send her to hell, okay? Don't freak her out. So what did she do? She went and told the girl, hey, look, if you don't come to church, you're going to hell. And she was like, well, I guess I'm going to hell then, you know? But what I told her, I was like, God has put her on your heart. I've never met her. I can only do so much. God's put her on your heart. She's made you her best friend. And you know what? I want to tell you something. She did. She went out of her comfort zone and she told her. And now both of those young ladies are back there on Sunday mornings working with your little children. Both of them are working on Sunday night as leaders of other students who are a little bit younger than them. And their families are more involved in church than they have been in their entire life. And not just in church, but in their walk with Christ. Isn't that awesome? It still works. It still works. What if we told somebody, right? Awesome. What if we sent that one special friend request? And here's what Jesus said about it in Mark 16, 15. As you go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to who? With a little more caffeine, with to who? That's right. Proclaim the gospel to everyone, whether they look like you or not. Whether they, they, they're in the same tax bracket as you or not. Whether they forget Spider-Man blankets at daycare every Friday or not, they need Jesus. And we want to be the tool that God uses to change life. You want to be the agent of, of spiritual change for somebody else. Amen? Awesome. Number two, am I aware? Number two, am I aware? Simply put, are you paying attention? Now I'm going to dive right in to Scripture in verse 31. The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come with him up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a, like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Listen, I would be remiss to go through the, today's whole message without giving you an opportunity to receive Christ today. If you're here and you're, want, and you're thinking, you know what, I, I see something in the eunuch. He's seeing something big here. I, I, see, I, I see what's going on here, and I want to be a part of that. And I've never really asked Jesus into my life. Or, you know, and maybe you grew up in church, you know. Maybe you grew up in church, but you're still thinking today, you know what, I need that relationship, not the religion. I don't want the tradition. I want the real, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. We have put a prayer on, on the second page inside your program. And I, you know what? I just want, at some point, and I'm not going to read that with you today, but at some point during today's message, if that's you, and you want to take that next step, and God's pulling at your heart right now, because you're hearing 
the things that the eunuch heard. And, and you're hearing about a, a Savior that loves you. And you pray that. I just want to ask on the back of your connection card, if you flip that over, that first next step, I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower today. I just want to encourage you to do that. It's the most important decision you'll make in your entire life. Now, back to the share cards. If you haven't already done so, you're probably thinking about somebody right now. Because again, there are still way more out there than in here. So I want you to go ahead and start. If you've got the name already, go ahead and write that down and keep that card handy. Number three, am I focused? Am I focused? Verse 36, as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? You can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Because somebody shared it with him. Somebody told somebody. He ordered the carriage to stop. And then they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. See, the eunuch didn't need Philip to walk him by the hand and babysit him in his walk with Christ. The eunuch went on rejoicing because a change had happened in his heart. Do you get that this morning? There was a change that happened. This man's life was changed because, and, and notice, he ordered the cart to stop. He didn't stop it, which means there was other people with him that saw this happen. So the whole way rejoicing, he's telling somebody as soon as it happens to him. It's amazing the way God works that way. I've said this several times today, several times today. But I want to personalize it now. I want you to write it down. Number four, what if we told somebody? What if we told somebody? You might be wondering, what happened to good old Philip? Where's Philip at? Philip got whisked away by the Holy Spirit. Where's Philip at? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm glad you asked. Verse 40, meanwhile, Philip found himself farther, uh, farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. So here's what happens. The eunuch goes on rejoicing to anybody that will listen, and Philip goes to the next place God takes him because Philip's job is not over. When it, There's something addictive about seeing God change somebody's life. You want to see it happen again and again and again. Like the New Testament church, you want to tell somebody who will tell somebody who will tell somebody because that's the way the world changes, one person at a time. But somebody's got to be the first one to walk out the front doors and go tell somebody, amen? Somebody has to be willing to do that. Back to those share cards. If you're still thinking about a name, go ahead and start writing those down. Paul. We haven't talked a lot about Paul today. Well, Paul, he wrote one or two words in the New Testament. Um, actually, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And uh, the Apostle Paul is credited uh, with, with uh, kind of launching the non-Jewish Gentile church. Now, how many of you in here were born Jews? Okay, cool. So, Paul is credited with founding what we are now doing today. Okay, that's how important Paul was to our faith in its infancy. Let's pick up with Paul. Acts 13, 47. The Lord gave us the following order. I have made you a light for the nations so that you would say... Somebody circle that word you. Circle that word you, because that's a big one. Notice he didn't say so that I can go save. He said, so that you would save people all over the world. Now later in ministry, 
after he made that statement a few chapters later in Acts. We see Paul's been doing ministry. He's been planting churches. He's been, he's been evangelizing. But in Acts 21, 8 through 9, we see something really cool happen. The next day we, and I put in parentheses so you know who we are, we is Paul, Timothy, and other followers of Christ that are traveling along. The next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of who? Now, who have we been talking about today? Philip. See, Philip wasn't a footnote. And if you notice here, he's got a nickname, Philip the Evangelist. You see, when Philip stepped, when, when he was willing to step outside himself and do something for something bigger for God, something that didn't glorify him but brought glory to our Father in heaven, he became known not for what he did but for what God used him for. Don't you want to be known like that one day? at the home of Philip the evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food, he had four unmarried, somebody say blessing, <laughs> he had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Now listen, I want to tell you something. If you didn't know this, that's fine. If you're here with us for the first time, that's fine. And you didn't know, so now I'm telling you, we have a student ministry that meets on Sunday nights. The doors open up at 5 o'clock. They can hang out. For a small price, of course, they can get some pizza, some sodas. If it's their first time, they get those things for free. Um, for, at 5 o'clock, uh, they can play games. They can fellowship with other Christian teenagers. Okay? This is better than the ball field. All right? They're getting something better than hitting the ball or throwing it. So, uh, sorry, that might have hurt somebody's feelings. Um, at 6 o'clock, a message starts that is preached on their level. Worship happens that is done at their level. But here's the catch. At 7 o'clock, they go into connect groups just like our adults do. And it's designed for them to become more like Christ on a level that they can get. Okay? That doesn't mean they, they won't get something on Sunday morning, but this is intentional just for them. Now, here's, here's the sad part. The sad part is we have about a quarter of the students that attend every Sunday morning there on Sunday night. And I can't help but think that that's for one of two reasons. One, maybe we haven't publicized it enough. Or two, and this is the heartbreaking one, I get students that come to me and they say, hey, I want to come on Sunday night, but mom, dad, they just won't get back out and bring me. As a parent of a five-year-old, I cannot wait for him to grow, like, grow in his character, grow in God's character. I want him to grow to be more like Jesus, and I can't wait until he's old enough to be a part of 155 Student Ministries. And if you've never brought your student, or you kind of bring them once in a while, I want to tell you something. We had a parent not too long ago, had never really brought their kid, brought them all every Sunday morning. When, they, when she started bringing her kids on Sunday night, the kids' lives started being changed. And she was in tears when she said, I could have had them up there this whole time. I don't want to make anybody feel bad this morning. I want to challenge you to begin to tell somebody. And a lot of times that telling somebody starts at home. Amen? need a little bit more enthusiasm in this message. Amen? Got one more next step for you this morning. One more next step. Those white cards. You just go ahead and put that in your hand. The white card. When we start singing in just a moment, I'm going to ask you guys to come forward with the white card and the name on it. Everybody in here. Everybody in here. Come forward and put the name of the person. I'm looking at one now. It says Mason. This one says Jonathan. This one says Pam. 
That one says summer. Those are lives of people that other people care about enough to put their name up here and pledge to bring them to Easter Sunday. Those are lives that we're going to be in prayer for, amen? That we want to see God change them. We want to see people saved. We want to see entire families. We want to see the destiny of entire families changed because somebody was willing to tell somebody, amen? And we want to be that change, right? I'm going to need a little bit more. I don't know, I'm going to need a lot more enthusiasm from y'all. I got one more next step for you. And that's that you will do your best to give out the Easter invite cards leading up to Easter. We've made, we've made this part easy. We just want you to put the names down. There, and then go hand out the cards. Would you guys stand with me this morning? I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.